So what do you think of that uh, documentary, docudrama, I guess is the right word, on uh, Kalashnikov? So I thought it was actually very historically accurate. Yeah. Um, everything, I mean, I've read multiple books on his life, and there was very little Hollywood spin. They did romanticize the where he met his wife. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it, so he, he's, he's a farmer, right, he, from the Hicks. I know draw good. Okay, so where, where's your plans? Where, where's your blueprints or whatever? And he's like, oh, I can't do it. So we'll, we'll get somebody for you. So then in walks, you know, Hottie, the the obviously going to be the the love interest, and she she walks in. I can draw really good. You do not flirt with me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> well, whatever. Isn't that the rule? If if the state deems that you need a wife, the state will provide a <laughs> wife for you. you know? Yes. Life is good in communists. So anyway, what were we saying? It sounds pretty accurate, what, what you were just saying, Chris. Yeah. Um, so uh, to to a T, I would say for a, we won't call it Hollywood, um, but to a movie, it, it was pretty accurate. Um, it really did bother me, though, that it's like, hmm, it's like the subtitles. I mean, it's like you could tell that, like, the voiceovers and stuff were just horrible. Yeah. I mean, I mean yeah. it was really bad. Kind of remind me of like an old Jackie Chan movie, but um, for the most part, for people that don't actually know Mikhail Kalashnikov's life story, I thought it was a uh, a cliff note. Really, yeah, if you yeah. Will. You know, and as 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 much as I was you know laughing at it, and there's some definitely some stuff to laugh at. It was entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. It's definitely one that I'm going to have you know Abby and, and and the kids watch. It's I really liked how they. They kind of jumped around, but how they focused and spent time on his first uh, sub gun that, that he worked on. And basically, you know, just like the uh, guys up in the Khyber Pass using metal and, and what rocks. They had. Yeah, beat this thing together. That, you know, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was actually very interesting because that was pretty accurate. Um, the one thing that I did notice is he had a couple other versions of his first design. Yeah. But they kind of fast-forward through that. Yeah. Which, rightfully so. For what, a less than a two-hour movie? Yeah, you got to do that kind of crap. Yeah. Right. Um, but for the most part, it, it really showed the important uh, landmarks that he embarked on throughout, you know, his success. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, And that's on uh, Amazon Prime. That's where I saw okay. it. Yep. Yeah. So for you listening out there, if, yeah, you got some free time, check it out. It, it it's, it's good. It's entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. So, you know, you've, you've mentioned things you like, things to look out for, things you don't like. Um, could you please talk us through a build? Talk us through, like, a, with a flat. I know that's something that my my father attempted. I don't know if he cooked it right uh, um, you know, <laughs> so, a couple years back. So can you talk us through, you know, through yeah, that, that process? No, absolutely. Um, so I did my first flat from a flat build uh, about five and a half years ago. Yeah, maybe no, we'll just say five years. You're, you're old. Yes, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did everything I could research-wise about how, like, uh, the, the differences in heat treating and quenching and stuff like that. So I chose at first the motor oil method. Um, so what you do is first you start out with your flat. Uh, if you do not have a commercially made bending jig, you can make one. There's plenty of plans. I opted for a commercially made one because... Of course, I knew I was going to be making more, and mm-hmm. I didn't want to go through the trial and error. So um, first things first, you get out your actual 
jig itself, and then you have different mandrels for uh, different receivers. Uh, so your one millimeter receiver, you have a specific mandrel for that. Um, that also is adjustable between a 47 and a 74 receiver. Mm -hmm. And then you have your uh, 1.5 millimeter receiver jig, which is meant for a bulge trunnion. Uh, so you choose whatever you're doing. You take the receiver flat. The one thing that I do is I go crazy with grease. I grease that pig up good, the receiver, and I'll even grease on the mandrel and that because I'll get to that point. So you set it up. It has alignment pins and everything. You put it in the press. You just start going down in the press. You teeter it. You start in the center. Then you go to the left. Then you go to the right. Then you finish with the center. So if you do not grease it, uh, you're going to sit there and you're going to beat on the whole thing with a rubber mallet trying to get it apart. Uh, and it's it's fun. Um, don't wear open-toed shoes. I can tell you that much. <laughs> uh, somebody had to get stitches the one time at my shop. And I was just like, dude... Um, so then, you know, you start, uh, you have your bent receiver. Best thing to do then is degrease it because then comes some welding. Uh, you have your lower rails, which your bolt carrier ride on. So you can weld those in before you put your center support, or you can wait till after you put your center support. Just depends on what you want to do. I normally opt to, uh, put those in first. I have a jig to align them because I used to use a, a drill bit, um, you just wedge it in between the upper rail and the lower rail, and then you just use Harbor Freight clamps, and I have a, an actual spot welder with tongs on it for an AK. So then you sit there, and the thing that I recommend is taking a factory AK so you know kind of how to copy where all the spot welds are. Mm -hmm. Make sure the receiver's good and cleaned, uh, degreased, and sanded, just like any other weld. Uh, then you sit there, and you do your spot welds. Just bzzz, bzzz, bzzz. You just keep doing it. Uh, you know, never hurts to uh, do one or two, check alignment, because, well, people make mistakes. I've made quite a few of them. Um, then, you know, you can move on. If you didn't do your center support, you can do your center support. Then laying out your holes for your trunnions. Uh, one of the things that people don't realize is uh, Wednesday, uh, we'll say, Igor uh, drilled trunnions. And on Friday, Mikel drilled trunnions. Well, maybe the machine was a little off and they weren't the same. So everyone's a little bit different. There's multiple methods for laying out those holes. Um, you can make your own tools or you can buy a commercially built mm -hmm. uh, trunnion jig. I opted for the trunnion jig. So you drill your holes. Um, you can you know, slot them in, confirm that everything's going to work. Uh, you can rivet them in and then proceed to press your barrel in. Typically what I do is I'll press my barrel in and headspace the gun with the trunnion out of the receiver. So it's a lot easier to work with. And if you press too far, it's easier to press out. You know, uh, it makes the head spacing process easier, but it makes for a little bit more work because then you have to completely press the barrel out um, when you are going to rivet in the trunnion. Uh, so typically we'll just go with the initial way that I learned, uh, you rivet in your trunnions. Uh, you definitely want to make sure that where you have to dimple the receiver, um, because of the countersunk rivets, the swell necks, um, you do that properly. You make sure you get that dimpled in well, make sure you deburr the holes. Um, you can get like a cheap HVAC deburring tool. 
Uh, make sure your rivets slide in really nice, not too tight. Uh, another thing that is one of my secrets is grease. I make sure that I grease the rivet, um, the whole thing. Um, that way when I go to crush, there's no friction on the rivet holder, the cup, and inside on the actual planker's jig itself, a little bit of grease in there, it just it makes the rivet crush way better. It reduces friction. So if you have those weld if you have those welded, if you have them riveted in, uh, then you can proceed to start headspacing your barrel. Uh, need a set of uh, no and go gauges. So it's a, definitely a teetering process. Uh, your best thing to do is if you start having trouble, start having problems, just walk away. Uh, <laughs> you want to make sure that you are very much a stickler for headspace being proper. Um, once you have confirmed that your headspace is good, you can go ahead and you can drill your barrel pin. Uh, you start off with a... Uh, you can use a six millimeter, depending on what trunnion. Use a six millimeter bit, drill down through, and then you use a seven millimeter reamer to finish it off. Then uh, clean it out good, and then you can press the pin in, uh, runner home. Then next, uh, what you'll do is, again, grease or anti-seize if you want. But if you want to look like the tin man, that's up to you. Um, a little bit goes a long way. You look pretty bad with it slopped all over your face. <laughs> Speaking from experience, yes, uh, <laughs> I don't use anti seize, but other people have opted for it. When I've been around, and uh -huh. I'm like, "Where's Toto?" Um, so then you're going to go ahead and you're going to put your rear sight block on. Um, the cool thing about uh, used parts kits is with the coatings and stuff, you can kind of see on the ears how far you got to go back. What you need to do though is when you start pressing that back in, it aligns and locks into the front trunnion. You want to 100%, this is crucial because uh, the story I told earlier about dust cover flying off, Yeah. if you don't push it back far enough, you're gonna have a dust cover that's too loose. If you push it back too far, well, you're gonna do some hand sanding. So you get it to a, a nice, you know, where you can take it off with ease, but it locks in good. Once you set that, then you drill that pin. Your next step on a gun that's a 45 degree gas block instead of a 90 degree is gonna be to press on your 45 degree gas block. Once you get that, you're gonna use your gas tube to align and set that, you know, so you have good alignment, you know, uh, your, we'll just say your six and 12 o'clock, um, you know, you're gonna bring it straight back Make sure that you can get the gas tube on and off with ease. Then what you can do is you can set your pins to that gas block. It's going to be two, three millimeter pins. Um, then you need a extra long bit. Uh, it is a specific size for an AKM gas port. Uh, what you have to do, my recommendation is get a small drill vise on top of a, like a two axis drill vise and then put that on there, get an angle finder from Harbor Freight, set the whole entire thing at a perfect 45 degree angle. That way that bit on a drill press will go straight down through the gas port of the gas block. Lubrication is key. Taking your time is key. Um, what you wanna do is drill that nice and slow, get that down through the barrel. Once you get through the barrel into, you know, uh, 
down into the bore, you're going to feel it. It 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 makes like a, a very distinct like freeing feeling. Draw it back, you know, a little bit here and there. Try to ream out, get any chunks or anything out. You uh, on chalk that. The thing that I normally do is I'll sit there and I'll blow air through it. Blow air through it. Try to get as much of it out as possible. Then you are ready to set your front sight post. Uh, this is a method that uh, a couple different people do a couple different ways. Uh, you can buy jigs, um, factory-made jigs that will align it pretty good. What I do is I use two uh, Swanson Speed Squares on a level table, and I'll sit there and I'll just tweak it back and forth. Another key is having a brass mallet and having a decent amount of grease or, again, anti-seize. So that way you can try to align it as good as you want. Um, I have caulking rods that will align between the uh, receiver and to the front sight post. It screws in so it aligns it. You know, I've never had one that was really off, so I go with that method. Uh, then you can drill the two pins on that. Also, sent your uh, front detent for your muzzle device. Uh, after that point, it's just business as normal. Um, I did miss the part about heat treating the receiver. Let me gloss back on that real quick. Uh, so I said about I use the oil method. Yeah. So what you got to do is, uh, most importantly, is around the fire control group pins. Um, you have to heat them up to their cherry red. You just kind of know when you know. Um, it's trial by error for a lot. I haven't had a problem with it yet, so I'd say that my eye for the method is pretty decent. Um, get them cherry red, and then you have to dunk it in oil. Uh, it's make sure you have a well-ventilated area to do such. <laughs> a little, little bit of smoke there? Oh, quite a bit. Then you're going to have to then temper it. So you're going to have to clean all that oil off. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally, uh, brake cleaner is your best friend, non-chlorinated brake cleaner. Spray it, spray it, spray it, and then hit it again with the torch, both sides of the fire control group pins. Then uh, you start to heat it and it will start to turn like a bluish color. Um, it, you want it to be uh, basically like a like Damascus steel blue, like yeah, when you start yeah. to see that, and then let off. Um, another thing that for guys that are going to do it, that are unsure, another thing that actually helps, instead of using the uh, fire control group shepherd's hook, you know, the retaining hook, um, Red Star Arms, Tapco, a couple other companies have made fire control group retaining plates. That actually helps. Um, also, if you know your heat treating may not be what we call 100% up to snuff, because that's going to bridge between the two and kind of distribute any of the shock coming through that's slamming on the hammer. So that's a another thing that might help you be more successful. Gotcha. But then back to where I came back from. Uh, final assembly. Uh, the thing that I recommend is you take it out, uh, put it on some sandbags, uh, put your palm on the buttstock, squeeze off around into you know a, a, whatever backdrop that's a safe place to shoot at, and uh, give it a couple rounds. Make sure that's nothing's going wrong. Then shoulder it and fire it as normal. Um, I typically test fire before I paint or coat. Uh, just 
found that it's better because especially if you have to make improvements, having to take off fresh paint sucks. <laughs> so, real simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm.